my fear, my personal fear is just that you, you start a discussion and it ends up turning into us versus them kind of conversation. to another episode of Two Black Nerds. Ihai, how are you doing? Doing all right, doing all right. Doing great, feeling great. How was your uh, weekend, man? Uh, no, my weekend was really good. Uh, actually, I just stayed a little bit back. Turns out I haven't. I thought I had taken most of the boxes out of my mom's place to my apartment. Wrong. I actually hadn't done that, so I managed to take everything. What's left is going to be have an old PC that I'm trying to turn into a headless server. I need to that. do that. I need to build a Plex server for, like, my media center. Yeah. But I'm debating, though. So, like, it's pretty old. So, the the computer that I have, I had it since, uh, wow, sophomore year of high school. Right? So, I don't know if I should really still use Dang. it. Yeah. You know, I'm realizing how long ago, like, sophomore year actually was. Like, we ain't young no more. And it's kind of <laughs> scaring the heck out of me. Like, when did I turn 23, son? I'm too young to be having a quarter-life crisis. Yeah. No, but, no, I mean, eh, no, you're you're out on time, technically. Yeah. It's a quarter-life crisis, but uh, I'm debating whether or not I should either do it or if I should just get a new computer for that. But, or build one from scratch. Come on, man, you're an electrical engineer. Yeah, but... But it's like part picking, I yeah. already have the old one. What I'm, what I think I might do is just test drive the old one, see software that I want to try, architectures and stuff like that. Why don't you just gut it and like use the case and rebuild it? <laughs> nah, I don't know. I'll I'll update you if anything specific happens. Word word. But it's it's it has enough power. I just need. I might just need to update the the thermal capacity. Just change the fan. Yeah, for sure. Makes sense. And that's that's going to be a little bit quieter and more cooling is going to happen. Other than that, uh, nothing really new other than, you know, trying to get back to the grind. How about you? Uh, nothing really. Worked on my presentation a little bit this weekend. Uh, trying to iron out the kinks this week. Uh, I'm presenting at like a front-end developer group thing at uh, IBM next Monday. I'm presenting also the day afterwards at a, the Austin JavaScript meetup. So that'll be fun. Practice makes perfect, you know. Of course. I kind of just wing all my presentations like I did in college. <laughs> but Don't whatever. Do I know. I have It's too extensive and too, hot, too like technical for me to even wing it. Like I have 50 slides right now and I'm not even done. So wow. kind of have to like actually practice. But yeah, okay. uh, let's roll into uh, the topic du jour. And yeah. you want me to take this one? Yeah, yeah, no, you can start it. All right, so for the topic of the day today, we're going to talk about being woke or being a person of color in a professional setting whenever you have a lot of tragedies happening in this day and age. So, for example, we got Sam DeBose, Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, um, more names, more names. Eric Garner. Eric Garner, um, Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Extensive list of like police brutality, 
um, and the systematic violence against black bodies that have been going on along recently. And it's kind of interesting, right? Because it's sort of something that really takes an, like a mental and emotional toll on you. Like it's kind of weird how, not weird, but it's just, it's just become so common every single week or every other week we see a new hashtag or a new person that has been killed by police brutality. But then you go into the office and, you know, this is always on your mind, right? Because yeah. especially to like our um, listeners of color, like this could be any of us, right? So you go into the office and it just always, you just bummed out. But, you know, the majority of the office doesn't really know or care. They're just going, but they like, la di 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 I wouldn't say that they don't care. Well, you don't hear them talking about it as much. That's true. Yeah. And... I mean, one of the things, like, the thing that caught my attention was, uh, I think, was it, when did, it, yeah, no, I think it was around, it was around Ferguson. Ferguson was a little bit after Eric Garner, right? Because Ferguson. Before or after? I think it was before. No, the, the anniversary. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. This past weekend. So, yeah. I think around the time I had been, it was like four days after I started work. About a few days after I started work, and so I rolled. I rolled in the office, right, and I usually pass through the cafeteria, and essentially the, we they had CNN on the TV, and then I saw like, uh, I saw, I think the news that essentially like the police shot uh, an unarmed African American, and in my mind I was just like, uh, and then I just scanned a little bit. Who was around to see what the reactions were, but I, I didn't. I wanted to make eye contact, but also not make eye contact with anyone, and nothing happened. And that day at lunch, because uh, in GR it was essentially me and this other uh, kid who were like the two black uh, new hires of that specific group at at at, at lunch that day. We almost essentially kind of like completely avoided the whole topic. Like mm-hmm. we completely ignored it. We were just like, we're just going to talk about everything else but that. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of difficult, man. It's really, it really is. Because like, you kind of go in the office and you just feel outnumbered, to be honest. Yeah. You know? And what's even odd, like, <clears throat> my fear... My personal fear is just that you you start a discussion and it ends up turning into us versus them kind of conversation. Yeah, exactly. At, le- at least for me, like typically when I when I start talking about uh, the, the systemic violence uh, that Af- most African American experience, it, it just ends up you just end up trying to go into history, and you can't necessarily pinpoint. Like everything that things you rarely say like oh this this is the systematic, uh, uh, the systematic uh, events that brought this into place. You just end up saying well, privilege is what made it happen. Henceforth is because you are white that you're saying this, and I am black, and this is why I'm saying this. Right. And you have like this weird ping pong of like me versus you, and those conversations rarely ever go anywhere. They're not really productive, you know. Well, it's not like this is anything new, right? Um, you know, it goes back to, like, uh, Rodney King, um, you know, in L.A., Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell, et cetera. There's always examples of these that we can bring up growing up. Well, at least um, 
this is maybe before you move to the states, but um, yeah. there are like situations or like events in my mind that I can realize or that I can like recall um, pretty easily that like which was a cop killing a black male or black mm-hmm. female. And it's interesting though because it's always hard, right? Because these situations take a mental toll on people. Um, like even so, even for the whole Charleston tragedy that happened with the um, oh yeah, that, that was close to home, man. Close right? to home. That's two hours. Yeah, two hours from my hometown. So it's crazy. I didn't even want to go. I didn't go into the office for two days. That happened. I think I happened on Wednesday, and I didn't go in that Thursday or Friday. I was just like, That's I can't crazy. deal. Like I just need to be to myself and like you know uh collect my thoughts and like process everything like don't accidentally lash out at a call yeah 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 exactly and it's really my fear like you don't really i don't really like bringing up those type of topics or those type of things inside of a like even not even that case but even like the um police brutality examples mostly because i just you never know because some people are uh reckless right like you, I've like you know we've you've seen on like uh, Facebook or whatever whenever talking about it and somebody's like well maybe if he wasn't a thug he would still be alive right now I'm just like yo son like just because he even if he did steal some cigars that shouldn't be a death sentence and second of all thug is just a low key way of saying the n word you know <laughs> like you're just showing the connotations so- are almost the same. And it's weird, though, because there's, like, a news article, I think, on Washington Post. Um, I can find it. Um, we can link it. Where it's talking about Zachary Hammond. And it's a white, it's a 19-year-old teenage white male that was shot and killed by police in a marijuana sting. But you have those people that say all lives matter. But then you have a white boy that's killed by the police brutality that's still killing the same black bodies. But where are those all lives matter people now? You look at the hashtag and you notice the people that are discussing it or even spreading awareness about it. It's the same people that spread the message of Black Lives Matter, you know, against the whole police brutality business. It's just interesting how topics like that just kind of get swept underneath the rug in both the professional context or you or in the context of um, being a person of color and the majority group. It doesn't, I mean, what I would say, like, it, it, it doesn't help that, one, like, it doesn't help that you're, like, skim milk, like, one to two percent yeah. about <laughs> it, right? And then, the second thing that I find a, a little bit upsetting is just that it feels like in order for me to be able to discuss it, I have to have so much ammo in the sense of, like, I have to some way find, like, all the counter examples in order to make sure that my point is like gets across right yeah essentially i have to if anything happens right i have to find objections to every single type of objections that they might bring up so let's say like oh eric garner essentially was oh he had essentially had done that previously i'm like yeah, but the chokehold was completely uncalled for when they could have done it another way. Or was it uh, Michael Brown? It's like, well, why would you try to plant a taser, you know, if you didn't think that you were in the wrong? Like, 
I don't see how that makes sense. And what was you the know? name of the cop, Walter Scott, Charleston, South Carolina, again, where that cop literally, you saw the video and this dude. Yeah, the, no, the guy who dropped. Who literally dropped from 80 feet away. No, yeah, 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 that one, that one. I was just like. Wait, that wasn't Michael Brown? No, 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 no. That was, uh, that was Walter Scott. I'm pretty sure. It's hard. There's so many. No, but there's so many of them. It's hard to keep straight all of them because yeah. it's, it's disgusting how it's so common, you know. Even last night. Uh, was it last night? Two nights ago? Christian Taylor, Arlington, Texas, got killed um, while at a car dealership. Shot and killed by police. Uh, released a surveillance tape. And it was like within two seconds of the police arriving, they already shot and killed him. So it's kind of weird things like that. Yeah. Wait, what's the name of that one? Um, so, no, that's Trayvon was uh, George Zimmerman, but there's another dude, the kid in Cincinnati, Ohio, the little kid. His name, it wasn't Trayvon, but... No, there was a Detroit. That, you're talking about the kid who had a toy gun? Had an airsoft gun or something like that, and the cop pulled up yeah. and shot him, and cat yeah. Pulled up and cat and yeah, shot him. yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 that, was, no that was in Ohio. That was in Cleveland. Cleveland, that's where I was at. It's still Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. You said Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously my geography is not on point. It's okay. But yeah, no, so that happened right. The other one that was really recent that kind of freaked me out was the one in Cincinnati. Right? The 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 kid who didn't have like a front license plate and like the campus police. Oh, you probably didn't hear about this. No, man. So there's essentially this uh, African American kid who was just driving. Wait, uh, I do remember, and that cop, yeah, no. campus cop, shot and killed him, and campus, said that he was trying to run him over. But then the surveillance tape came out and it said otherwise. Yeah, and or showed otherwise. I've been I've been freaking out ever since. I mean, right? you're in Ohio, right? Like you kind of one. Sh- I'm in Ohio. I'm like an hour north of Cincinnati. Two, I didn't know up until that point that driving without the front license plate was illegal. It is. It's essentially it's not. It's against the law to to do that. If you're from Ohio, you have to have like it's mandated that you get both, really, both front and back. Yes, it's one of the weird states that still does that. So then I'm here freaking out because I didn't know about this, and I don't have a front. I don't have a. I like my life. I don't have a. I currently don't have a front license plate. I'm aggressively looking to fix that or to get the time to fix that but yeah ever since i heard about that every single morning i am driving my car and hoping one not to run into cops and when i run into cops i just like to look straight forward i'm like please don't look at my front car please don't look at my front car. please don't look at my front car <laughs> and like it sounds funny and like when uh, i know but like, like, I get legitimately when i'm unnerving. driving at night i am extra careful so that one i don't get stopped two if I were to get stopped, I will, like, freeze and do absolutely nothing. I Essentially, like, if I were to get stopped at night or if I drive at night, I fear that I will die. Yeah. Like, dead serious. It's kind of bad, right? Because a lot of people's like, um, I think I uh, sent this out in a tweet the other day. I said, a lot of people ask me, oh, why, do you, why um, don't you trust cops or why don't you uh, have respect for cops? Don't get me wrong. I have respect for most cops. I have respect for most authority. But at the same time, if I have, like, the difference between you and you being somebody that's part of the majority and me, a person of color, like, that's black or Latino, what we have to worry about is that we have to talk to our children, especially our sons, 
about dealing with cops and how you should go about walking outside to make sure that you don't get killed by a person of authority. It was wild, man. Before I moved to Austin, I was talking to my dad and whatever, and like it was just totally random. But he was like, you know, I'm sure you don't do this, but whenever you're in the mall or or whenever you're in the grocery store or going somewhere, and if you're wearing a hoodie, please don't please don't wear your hood up. He's like, just for your safety. And I'm just like, I look at him like, I'm 23. He's like, yeah, but the last thing, he's like, you never know. And the last thing I want to get is a phone call saying that my son has been shot and killed. I'm a 23-year-old man. And I still have to go. My father still fears for my life at the sake of just what I'm wearing. Just because you're wearing a simple hoodie. Yeah, and the color of my skin, right? It makes you a target. And it's kind of absurd and I don't like, see. I don't think people get these experiences. I mean, the thing that is, like, have, you know, that doesn't make you like. It doesn't inherently make you a target. But essentially, is the things really? that you have to no, like, like the fact that you're wearing doesn't yeah, make yeah, you yeah, a yeah. target. But it makes other people who really care about you fear for your life. Yeah, right? and even exactly. makes you fear for life. The same, like my car situation, right? The fact that I don't have, I currently don't have like front license plate. Is making me fear for my life when every single time I get on the wheel. Yeah, it's not that I, you know, that's I'm not I'm not afraid of a drunk driver. I'm not afraid of someone who's uh, texting and driving. No, I'm afraid that there is like I don't know point zero 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 one chance that I get stopped or maybe get shot. Right, yeah. that's not it's not something that I, I rule out anymore. That's a possibility that is extremely engraved in my mind right now. Right, or wearing a hoodie at night. Right, extremely yeah. engraved. That's a so wearing a hoodie may equal dying. Exactly. You know, it's wild. It's just wild. And the thing is, just like if you don't experience these things, it's it's hard to convey that when you're discussing. You know, because like for you in the office, like because you're black, like you constantly think about these things. That's one, right? But not only in the office, but also outside the office, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not someone with a darker skin complexion, you can hear about it, but it's completely different from experiencing it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's just like an odd combination, especially when you're out there worrying about how well you perform at work and you have essentially all these... Um, not necessarily microaggressions, but like other micro stress that is, is not is not even induced by anything other than the fact that you have to fear for your life. You know, you're kind of reduced back to like Stone Age uh, stresses, where essentially like you don't feel safe every day, so you have like an extra mental toll. Yeah, having to work. Like just, I don't know. It's just like an extra stress that most people don't have to deal with, you know. Exactly, exactly. Like, God, like it's just. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this. I don't know. It's just interesting because going to like a predominantly white institution during college, you know, man, like some of those dudes go hard, right? But then most of the time, like, they'd be doing something. I'm just like, nah, fam, I'm not going to get my ass arrested tonight. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah. Dude. I play it safe. They won't just start doing stupid stuff. I'm just like, gone, because knowing them, come to this party, it's me, 
Uh, nah, uh, not gonna be me. Not to. No, no, no. Dude, not like, today. Rule, rule number one: Whenever you heard the cops were coming, even if it was a lie, yeah, I left. I mean, I'm I'm not about to get randomly profiled as a, you know, what did Dave Chappelle say? Uh, between four ten and six five, wearing jeans and a t shirt. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not about to be randomly profiled at a party. And there's there's just like liberties that we can't necessarily afford. Exactly. I mean we, we both know someone who got out of like major, major trouble. Right? Just because he was not dark skinned. Yep. You know. Don't think it'd be like that, but it do. <laughs> oh no! Like things like these are things that you think that they're just tales, you know. They're just tales that just comedian just invent to make people laugh. And until you experience it, you're like, "Oh, this actually happened." Yeah. Oh, like uh, one of my boys on campus, uh, Walid. He was walking with this hood up with his bike. Oh, he was going to his bike, unlocking his bike, and they're just like, "What are you doing?" Like. Why do you have your hood up? He's like, I don't think y'all realize it's negative 15 degrees outside. Of course I'm going to have my hood up. Like, it's biting cold, you know? I'm just, uh, oh, why are you walking with your hand in your pockets? Because it's cold? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand why people are asking these dumb questions and making life difficult for black people. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is just like, when you go to, a, to an institute, you can, like, you can make a case for the the police officer like so today we're talking about the the recent anniversaries and like the state and like the the i don't know the the violence that just happened in ferguson in light of the anniversary and he was saying that and he made the case that i hadn't considered right that essentially Mm -hmm. most of the police officer if you look at their day-to-day life they essentially have, they're constantly on their guard, right? He, he wasn't trying to justify their acts. He was just saying, like, you essentially, you talk to the person and you realize that every single second, the way he's processing your information is, because they deal with people who are seriously dishonest of both, like of both races, their con- the way they process information is by inherently not trusting you. Mm-hmm. Like, their default sense is not trusted. But then he also mentioned that that doesn't mean that what they did is what they did is right. But when you're coming from that point of view, then you can see how their next action was heavily influenced by their past experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's always hard, essentially, as to coming back to what I was saying in at the beginning of the past, it's hard to... It's hard to balance the us versus them, especially when you can essentially both make valid cases on each side, right? Not valid cases for why what they did was wrong, but valid mm-hmm. cases for why the course of action was a natural response based on their previous experiences. I'm like, it's just it's just odd, yeah. You know, like I mean, that's what, what that's what usually happens. Like extremely complex situation like this right but somebody's really that jumpy with the trigger finger they should not be in law enforcement i mean so but that's the thing so i was thinking about that right and 
I was trying to think, like, how would you, like, people say, like, oh, we need training, we need awareness and stuff like that, but you can't, you can't change that. <clears throat> not, not that you can't change that. I like, let me rephrase that. It is extremely difficult to change that because if it's something that essentially that they deal with every single day, if it's something that is ingrained. If it's like a perspective that they grew up with, changing that perspective itself is going to take a great deal of time. Yeah. You know, so like a simple training and awareness, while it may be good, is not going to be the sole solution. Yeah. You know? And I don't know, I was, I, that's just like the thought that I had. And I was just like, frankly, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm out of like ideas of what to do. You could say um, more strict requirements for becoming a cop, higher educational attainment, um, two body cameras, of course. If you're opposed to the thought of body cameras, I mean, no, you yeah, know, like, like I'll make the case, uh, the case, like I'll I'll play devil's advocate, Go ahead. right, and play the case against higher education levels. We went to some one of the smartest school in the country, yeah. How many racially insensitive or culturally insensitive comments did you hear? Oh, God. Too many. People who got (laughs) ACT scores higher than yours. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to put you on blast. Hush mouth. All right. You got a good point. So I really won't do anything. But body camera. And also, get rid of this whole police investigating police type ordeal. Like, (laughs) really? Like, if you're one of your siblings or if your favorite sibling goes and, like, break something or like does something against your parents and your parents like um really like your parents want you to investigate and find out who did it if you're really if that's your boy or your girl whichever you said brother sister if it's yeah you're gonna be like man i don't know i couldn't figure it out mom like it just happened like no i i mean the 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 reality of it is just like it's a tricky situation. It's so right? complex, but it's like, how do we fix it? And that's a question I don't got an answer for. You know, I can give speculations, but you know, that probably won't solve Jack Squat. So, I don't know. Yeah, it won't solve that squat. You know, like even like like I can discuss this topic with you and like get it a little bit nuanced, but and like not feel that I need to hold back. But I don't know. I mean, do you ever talk about this in the office? Like, today was actually the first day that I talked about something, uh, that topic that was, that involved the racial, um, I don't know, how can I say, a topic that involved race at the no. office, at the engineering But office. I don't talk to any of my coworkers like that, so I guess that's the difference between you and I. I keep myself in the office a lot, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, it was actually random, I... Essentially, just ended up sitting down with uh, some of my coworkers at lunch today, and essentially, like that—that that was what on the thing that was on CNN was just that. So essentially, we talked about it for a good two, three minutes, and it was a really good discussion. I don't know; it's just like I, I probably need better rhetoric in order to talk about it. To be yeah. honest, just personally. And trying to remove like the personal aspect. That you gotta take all of your. Emo- I think you have to take your emotions out of it because this is a topic that really gets me heated. So that's another reason why I don't like talking about it because it's hard to separate my emotion from my logic. Like whenever you're feeling really passionate or really like heated by something, your logic is 
I've, yeah. I've, I've seen your tweet yeah. storms. I've seen your Bruh. tweet storms. I know. Yeah, so that's why I don't talk to the person. That's, I mean, that's that's a really hard part of it. Like people say, we need to have discussions, and like, yeah, we can have discussions, but I don't know how constructive they will be. Constructive, but at what's the cost? You know, what's the emotional cost on you? Yeah. And how receptive is the other person? Most deaf. Right. And it also requires an extreme patience from, essentially, from uh, the person of color mm-hmm. side, right? Especially if you have to go through trying to prove that privilege exists in some way, shape, or form, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because like, so, sometimes you need to go back to the basics. And that's also something that I don't know if we should be burdened with. Even th- like, that's one of the hard parts. Like, I think it also happened when we were in college. Like, is it really our job to educate those who are not aware of prejudice? Is, is, it, is it our, like, is it, should it be our burden yeah. to do it? Should they go about Like, is that cross to carry or whatever? It really is, and that's something I don't have the answer to. That's a tricky one. I mean, that could be like a topic for another, a whole other yeah. day with people who are absolutely way more knowledgeable yeah. about uh, race theory and, you know, privilege. Yeah, I took... I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, Um. I don't know. I think that's all for this. So anyways, y'all, like, this has kind of been mad different from the nerdy topics that we normally talk about, but this is, like, two black nerds, and so the black experience is kind of important. So, hope y'all enjoyed this conversation that we had. If you have any thoughts about possible solutions or how you deal with these type of situations. Actually, yeah, what's up? Go ahead, hit them with yeah. that. Oh, no, I was about yeah. to essentially echo you. You know, um, if you have any possible like suggestions for like possible solutions to the problem or at least or even sharing your experience is that you've had um in the workplace regardless of race um around situations like these and the conversations you've had please like share them with us we'd love to hear them and like get some insight into it and yeah you got anything romeo no i was i was just gonna echo your question and say like i i would be curious to hear um how other people essentially deal with it. Like when you hear about Sandra Bland, when you're at the office, do you talk about it the next day? Do you completely avoid it? Who do you talk to? How does the discussion transpire at the office? That I think that's something I'd be really interested to hear. Mm-hmm. How other people experience it at the office. For sure. Yeah. For sure. On that note, uh, if you want to hit us up with your response, uh, don't hesitate to either hit us up on Twitter for the shows at Two Black Nerds. Um, I am Kui Romeo. That's K W I R O M E O. Any highway can they reach? You can find me at Kuchu. That's K W U C H U. It's been our episode Two Black Nerds, and we'll catch you all next week. Peace. Yeah,